how often should you poop? Yeah. I would suggest that anywhere from three times a day to three times a week is within the realms of what can be considered normal. Like you, the podcast for women who hate working out but know they should. I'm Sarah. I'm a GP and I work in fertility and women's health. And I'm Gab. I'm an audio producer and journalist. We acknowledge the traditional owners of the land we're on today and pay our respects to their elders past and present. Can exercise help with digestion? Basically, can it help you poop better? Can movement help? Well, movement. You had to go there, didn't you? <laughs> had to go there. Let's tackle a bit of digestion chat today. It's not glamorous, but good digestion is really important. So I think, you know, I think we're going to uh, we're gonna we're gonna put our brown pants on today and <laughs> and get stuck in. Poop it up, poop it up, baby. And before we start, I do also just want to apologize. It is clearly flight night in the inner west right now. And also on top of that, my neighbors upstairs appear to be doing some sort of workout. And good on them because we're all about promoting you know, health and physical activity, uh, but you possibly will hear them skipping and doing all kinds of random, uh, you know, sounds. I don't like they were pushing furniture before. There was some kind of rhythmic banging, and I was like, "Oh, is that sexy times?" No, no, that sounds like skipping. Who knows? Who knows what they're doing? So I do apologize. Well, high five to the neighbours above, and <laughs> keep uh, it thank down. you, thank yeah, keep it down. But thank you for joining us for women like you. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I guess I guess the reason why we want to talk about um, digestion and poop uh, related chats is I mean I've had some delightful bouts of constipation throughout throughout this pregnancy so far um, I even had to transition to a low constipation form of iron uh, supplements because the prenatal tablets that I was initially taking were bunging me up as they say um, mm-hmm. but you know poor yep. poop poor poop schedules don't just affect pregnant people I guess it's just that this has been on my mind a bit more over the last few months <laughs> but I do remember when I was a kid if I was ever constipated, I would actually go to the pool and do laps um, for some reason because every time I did shortly afterwards, you know, I'd be I'd be good to go. Um, okay, I just I had to I had to pause for a second there. I'm like, you used to do what in the pool? What? Uh, no, no, not a shit okay. in the pool. We don't, swim, code, we don't have a code brown. <laughs> swim first, poo second, poo, poo second um, in a bathroom. I'm back. I'm yeah. back. <laughs> But yeah, I wasn't sure if it was like the kicking motion or the use of the core muscles, but it always used to do the trick. And, you know, certainly the advice during pregnancy has been to drink lots of water and to exercise regularly, not just for health and fitness, but also to kind of help keep things moving along. And so I guess that got me thinking about the link between exercise and digestion and therefore good pooping. Um But let's start with digestion. Sarah, why is digestion important and what happens when we digest food? All right, lovely. So we're going to go back to we're going to go back to basics, and we're going to uh, we're med going to school one hundred and one. Di- <laughs> oh yeah, look, I'd I'd probably go like year eleven biology one hundred and one. Oh, fancy um, you. Okay, yep, sure. So your digestive system is made of the gastrointestinal tract, plus your liver, your pancreas, and your gallbladder. So your gastrointestinal tract is made up of your mouth, esophagus, stomach, small intestine, large intestine, and rectum. So together, sort of between all of these organs, it's responsible for breaking down foods and liquids into their basic chemical components. So we're talking fats, proteins, and carbohydrates, and then further down into the amino acids, fatty acids, glycerol, and sugars that we use for energy and cell repair. 
So the role of the digestive system begins when food enters the mouth and the body and passes through the esophagus and stomach to where digestion starts. So the small intestine absorbs most of the nutrients in your food and then your circulatory system passes them on to other parts of the body to store and use. There are special cells that help absorb these nutrients across the intestinal lining and get them into your bloodstream. And then your blood carries simple sugars, amino acids, glycerol, and some vitamins and salts to the liver. And the liver stores, processes, and then delivers these nutrients to the rest of the body when you need it. Oh, so, old, good old Churchill. Good old Churchill. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the remaining food then turns into liquid and moves into your large intestine. And the wall of the large intestine, look, the, the, its main job there is to, to soak up that water and uh, and then the remaining undigested food is excreted as poop. poop. <laughs> exactly. Okay. That all sounds pretty efficient. Uh, yeah, you know, it, What could possibly go wrong? <laughs> Well, I guess that's why you have a job. Uh, what, what happens if we're not digesting food well? If that whole beautiful process that you've just outlined, which is very efficient and quite um, sophisticated, if it's not working well, um, what happens? And I think ultimately the answer to that question depends on on which part of that complex multi-organ system is not working appropriately. So, Essentially, depending on what part of the digestive system is struggling, it can give you some clues to the sorts of symptoms that you might experience. So I've just got a couple of examples for you. So, uh, and and this first one goes out to you, Gab. Um, (laughs) So some people may experience a condition called gastroesophageal reflux, um, and that's if their lower esophageal sphincter, which is like a it's like a donut muscle that's right at the base of your esophagus. So you get a bum hole in your esophagus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. And if that sphincter is is failing to to close efficiently, then then the stomach contents can reflux up into the uh, up back into the the gullet, your esophagus, your food pipe, whatever you wish to call it. Yep. And uh, and that can look. It can happen to anybody, but it certainly is a really common symptom of pregnancy. And and this is. For a few different reasons, certainly the pregnancy hormones themselves can help to relax that sphincter, which can just result in in heartburn even very early in pregnancy when there's not a lot of other anatomical changes to be seen. But then as your baby grows, it will physically exert pressure below that sphincter, making things worse. And, and you'll get those typical symptoms of acid reflux you might notice that you're belching more, that you're experiencing heartburn. Sometimes you might even get reflux, you know, enough that you're you're getting acid in the mouth, which can, oh, it's an awful feeling, kind of tastes like you've thrown up a little bit in your own mouth. I literally um, bent over to pick something up off the floor and had that happen today. Yes, <laughs> look, I mean, oh God. <laughs> like full disclosure, I, I can get this if I just overeat, if I'm just like <laughs> just really too much, tuck it into a to a big meal, and you know a couple of a couple of glasses of alcohol will get your uh, get your lower esophageal sphincter nice and loose nice as well, nice and relaxed, loosey goosey. Oh, I mean, loosey-goosey. I'm literally doing uh, reflux burps. Uh, I'm stepping away from the microphone so I can do <laughs> reflux burps as we speak. It is uh, it's it's real burning the throat right now. <laughs> So that, that there you go. That's that's kind of one example of when when your digestive system is is not doing you any favors and is yep. not working to its I, I guess to its capacity. Yeah. Yep. Um, 
Look, if you have issues in your small intestine, then that can affect how well you absorb nutrients. So an example here would be celiac disease, where the immune system reacts abnormally to the protein gluten, and that results in inflammation in the small intestine. And in the small intestine, you've got these little finger-like projections that are called villi. You can't see them with the naked eye, but if you look at if you look at a section of small intestine under the microscope, you see these these little fingers. And and when you have celiac disease, and if it's if you're still consuming gluten, then they get really blunted and they're no longer able, they don't have the same surface area anymore, and you become unable to to really absorb all of the the nutrients that you would ordinarily absorb in your small intestine. Oh. And uh, and so this can lead to really serious nutritional deficiencies um, in, you know, in celiac disease. It can be accompanied by diarrhea and without the removal of gluten from the diet, it can lead to symptoms like bloating, fatigue. You can develop anemia. It can increase your risk of developing osteoporosis. And there's even a risk of small bowel cancer. Wow. So it, again- you know, it all depends on where the gastrointestinal system is is experiencing problems. But if you do all of a sudden um, develop an aversion to gluten, don't just power through. Don't just keep chugging it down. Uh, no, no. Clearly, and it can lead to some pretty awful things. Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, and then you know, moving moving further down the gastrointestinal tract, if you suffer from persistent constipation over many years. This can potentially lead to increased colonic pressures and the development of small pouches in the colon called diverticula and uh, and a condition called diverticulosis. Diverticulosis even in itself can cause cramps, it can cause swelling and bloating and then may worsen the constipation. So you're kind of stuck in this constipation, causes diverticulosis, which makes your constipation worse. Oh, no. Sometimes these pouches can become infected, resulting in a condition called diverticulitis, and that can cause fever, nausea, vomiting, cramping, and and again, worsening constipation or diarrhea. So when things are going wrong with your with your gastrointestinal system, we get we can have a full gamut of of symptoms and, and adverse reactions, and and it's just it, it ultimately will depend on where where along the gastrointestinal tract this this problem is occurring. Yeah, absolutely. And so c- certain symptoms will mean that we'll be able to point to where where yeah. in the gastrointestinal tract things are things are going wrong. Mm. Uh, di- diver- diverticulitis, diverticulosis, Di- yeah. diverticular. Di- yeah, <laughs> three three things, three words, all three obviously words, of the all, same thing. <laughs> all re- all related, and it just essentially a diverticular is just a fancy word for a little pouch. Oh, I, I mean, would it be inappropriate if you saw a little? pouch handbag or something to be like, oh, looks like a little diverticular. <laughs> the doctors in the room be... are going, what the fuck, you weirdo? No, 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 that would, it would be the opposite. It would be the doctors in the room going, hey, nice diverticular handbag. Um, <laughs> you nerds. <laughs> nerd humour. And it's like, it's just, it's not funny. We apologise. We're sorry. Uh, <laughs> oh, we love you anyway. So then I guess um, one of the questions is, I guess, in terms of like, you know, when you might know something might be going wrong, um, it might be a case of kind of monitoring your poop. But how often? I mean, it's always something I've been very curious about. How often should we be pooping? And I guess what's considered normal? What is normal for you and what is normal for me could be entirely different. So I think we have to have, you know, a, a real, there's a real spectrum of what is normal when it comes to how often you poop. Um, so, 
it takes, look, it takes time for the food that you eat to make its way through your digestive system. And that also varies from person to person. Um, it takes a different amount of time for men than it takes for women. Um, it often takes longer as you get older. And, uh, and depending on where you are in your menstrual cycle, that can have an impact on the on the the time it takes for that food to, to transit through oh, your gastrointestinal tract. So true. Because like, you know, I always find that in the lead up to my period, I'll be randomly super constipated. And then uh, as the period hits and I might, you know, experience some cramping, then I'm just like pooping it out, baby. Just Absolutely. Exactly. <laughs> like, <what>? Exactly. <laughs> and uh, And so I think, you know, what is normal in times of, you know, in, in terms of how often to poop certainly, certainly varies. It can take anywhere from two to five days for food to be fully digested and exit your body. Um, so when you eat food, it goes to your stomach, small intestine. I know we've already talked about this a bit, but that process from your stomach to your small intestine, which are not geographically very far apart, yeah. can take six to eight hours before entering your large intestine. Oh, like putting in a, putting in a full day's work. <laughs> Putting in a shift. Absolutely. <laughs> and then once it's in your large intestine, it can take about 36 hours for the food to be fully digested before you're ready to have a bowel movement. Oh. So, so like, it's one of those things where, like, if all of a sudden you've got, like, poo cramps and you're running to the toilet, you can't necessarily blame the last thing you ate. Uh, you possibly need to think back to, like, Look, that's, a couple of days really, before. It's, it's an interesting – that's an interesting point because sometimes if you have eaten something a bit dodge – your body will recognize that and will want to get it out of your system as quickly as possible. Yeah. Which is why, you know, if you if you have, you know, some some salmonella chicken or you have something that's that's really not agreed with you, you might get diarrhea very, very quickly because oh. essentially your body has recognized that that is uh not something it wants in its digestive tract. And oh, alarm and bells will, are ringing. Yeah. And it about poop poop it out quickly. But in answer to your original question, how often should you poop? Yep. I would suggest that anywhere from three times a day to three times a week is within the realms of what can be considered normal. And I say that with the caveat that, you know, provided that you don't have diarrhea or constipation. Okay. Caveat, caveat Kavanaugh. Mm-hmm. Caveat Kavanaugh. <laughs> and the other thing that I the other thing that I will say is um, and maybe I'll I'll Maybe maybe I'll talk poop in the newsletter this week. Um, there's a uh, there is a gorgeous thing that I that I encourage all of you to to go and Google called the Bristol Stool Chart. Oh, I've heard um, about this. Yes. Yeah, yeah. If you're into if you love poop and you want to know more about poop, then definitely have a look at the Bristol Stool Chart. It's actually really helpful if you've got young kids as well because they can there are, there is a Bristol stool chart for kids so that they can point out to, you know, what their poop was like that day. Yep. And it kind of talks you through from being, you know, very, very loose, watery diarrhea poop right through to, you know, absolute hard as rock pebbles. Yep. And um, the, the the bit in the middle is where you should be aiming for. Yep. I'll often tell my patients if they have been experiencing constipation um, or hemorrhoids as a consequence of constipation, that and and sorry if anyone's eating their lunch while they're listening to this. Um, I say. I mean, I hope you, you put it. I hope you stopped eating the moment you pressed play on this episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is not your time for your rendang. Um, <laughs> oh God. I basically you want to be aiming for like a, a firm mashed potato. A firm so, mashed potato. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So not your not your. Paris mash, you know, full of butter and, and very loosey goosey, <laughs> but just you know, just a firm mashed potato, so that it is 
easy to have your bowel motion. You're not straining and stressing whilst you pass that bowel motion, but it's also not running and it kind of holds together. Yeah. Okay. That's a, that's it's a perfect painting, visual. Painting quite the picture today. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, honestly, like I've been, I've been following um, lots of pelvic floor physios on Instagram of late and the Vagina Whisperer, shout out to her, her content is incredible. But she did a, a, a piece the other week on um, like the potty squatty and basically oh, yeah, putting yeah. a little stool under your feet, basically to raise your knees above your hips when you're when you're pooing um mm. so that it just sort of flows out you know you know no strain i mean obviously that's all attached to you know pelvic floor and yeah, yeah. Floor but the modern kind of stuff. the modern western toilet is not ideal yeah i mean once upon a time we would have just squatted in the woods right yeah yeah i, I even noticed when i moved into the house that i'm living in now that the the toilet is a bit lower oh than god i was gonna say god she's moved to the mountains and she's <laughs> squatting I'm in the backyard out the back <laughs> not no 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 we haven't gone that far we haven't gone that far i haven't gone <laughs> Haven't got a, an eco toilet system <laughs> yet. yet. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but if it no, is a but, low toilet, like a kindergarten it toilet, it is slightly. It's like just slightly lower, and yeah. so you you adjust to it mentally very quickly. Until then, like if I go into the office <laughs> where there's kind of that more standard height, and it's probably only a couple of centimeters different, but you're like, oh, this is this is not as it's not as ideal for pooping. Yeah, it's not it's not helping. It's not working with my biology. Yes. Okay. So, speaking of, you know, three times a day to three times a week is within the realms of normal. When should we talk to our GP about digestion or poop issues? You know, like if 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 we're experiencing any of any of that range for poo, um, yep. or we're not, um, you know, when, when's a good time to have a chat? Look, I just, I, I think, you know, next time you see a GP, just have a chat about poop anyway. Any, not, anything else to talk about today? Yes, actually, yes, my poop. I would, I would like to discuss pooping. No, like <laughs> seriously, though, I think, you know, everybody poops and your GP will be very happy to chat about poop with you. But I think it's a good opportunity then to review your family history, um, check out your potential risk factors for bowel cancer so that you can be on the front foot when it comes to things like stool testing for occult blood or when you might need to consider a colonoscopy. But even beyond that, like the, the times when you need to make it a priority to go and have that conversation is if you've noticed any persistent change in your bowel habit. So you might have always been a once a day, once a day, first thing in the morning kind of pooper. Mm-hmm. And now you've started to note that you're you're going three times a day or that you're going every third day. And whilst three times a day or every third day is is within that, you know, the normal realm of normal range. that I yeah. that I mentioned before. It's different for you. And so I think again, it's just about being really in tune with your in tune with your body, paying attention to these things. So if if you see a persistent change, so obviously if you have one day that you you skip going to the loo or you've had one day where maybe you've, you know, you've eaten a little bit too much spice and it's you've just needed to get it out <laughs> of your system. But if these things are happening persistently, then go and have a chat. The other thing, of course, is if you are experiencing pain when passing your bowel motions, if you are noticing any blood when you pass your bowel motions, or if the stool colour becomes very dark and very tarry, this could potentially indicate that there is blood loss somewhere along your gastrointestinal tract. So I think anything that you are worried about absolutely buys you a seat in your GP's office to have a chat. Yep. And anything that's just a bit different, but also if you just happen to be going into the GP for your annual, you know, your annual 
blood check or blood pressure checkup or something like that, Boob then check. just say, hey, also, I've... I've I've heard a couple of girls on a podcast who are talking about poop <laughs> a, a lot. Of nutters, and, yeah. <laughs> and they suggested that we should we should chat poop. Yeah. Your GP will be absolutely thrilled to do it because it's much easier also to uh to have that conversation sooner rather than later. Yeah, 100%. And you, you know that's something that comes up a lot for you is talk talk to me about it now and we can do something about it. Don't exactly. wait till it's catastrophic. Exactly. Oh, I just headbutted the microphone. Um, Pudding. <laughs> this poop chats. Uh, anyway. Um, so, you know, this is a podcast about exercise, obviously. Uh, we don't love to do it. We always try and find ways to motivate, us, motivate ourselves to do it outside of the traditional motivations we once would have used, you know, like wanting to lose weight or wanting to fix the way we look. So... In the in the you know in the vein of talking digestion, does ex- exercise actually help digestion? And there's actually yeah, I mean there's do a quick Google. There's so much. I mean it's yeah, as I said during pregnancy, basically if every time I talk to a medical professional, it's all about you know movement for for a whole range of different things, but certainly the constipation and yep. and the digestion is one of them. Movement for movement. Yeah. Now obviously we're not talking about super strenuous levels of exercise um, or, or, you know, I guess we're not talking about exercise for people with gastrointestinal disorders because I think you would need to go and seek advice from a professional, a medical professional first before you exercise in relation to that. Absolutely. But for most of us, regular exercise helps move food through your digestive system. It can relieve stress and help to maintain a healthy weight, which in turn helps the digestive process. It also helps to allow your body to absorb nutrients more efficiently. Physical activity stimulates the gut, which increases blood flow to your muscles. It keeps the muscles in the digestive system moving, allowing food to pass through it much quicker. And of course, you know, as I mentioned before, the constipation during pregnancy, that's because digestion has slowed down. So that's why I guess movement is recommended in order to kind of help move that along because you do need that extra help, you know, during that time. Um, Interestingly, the colon responds to activity. Good muscle tone helps with regular bowel movements. Um, Core muscles and diaphragm play a crucial role in moving poop. And I guess that's probably why I was experiencing the need to poo after doing laps at the pool is because, yeah, there is a lot of diaphragm. Well, your diaphragm would have been been going hell for leather when you're doing laps at the pool. Absolutely. Uh, And especially those lower abdominal muscles as well in terms of like if you're doing freestyle, kicking, breaststroke, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Mm. Um, And, yeah, thinking about what types of exercise, so cardio, things like running, swimming, cycling or dancing, increases your breathing, it boosts your heart rate and that stimulates your bowels. Um, certain yoga poses massage the digestive tract and help to move a stool through your intestines. So, you know, you might this might be familiar to you if you've ever farted during a yoga session uh, or just felt the need to go <laughs> afterwards. Basically, oh, yeah. poses where you're twisting your torso or crunching your stomach muscles can help. You know those ones where like you might be in a seated position yes. and you like one arm over the opposite knee and you, you twist your back to, you know, look behind your shoulder and vice yeah, versa on the other it's, side. It's kind of it's it's nice to it's nice to stretch the lower back, but you are compressing your abdominal organs at that point. So squishing poo out. You're giving the you're giving the bowel a bit of a squeezy. Just a little bit of a leg up. Uh, pelvic floor exercises can help build strength and push a stool through your colon. And again, obviously, you know, if you do have good pelvic floor health, then you're able to do that without straining or causing, you know, major issues that we've talked about mm. on the podcast before. Even deep breathing exercises can help with this. Obviously, they help relieve stress, 
but that in turn also helps improve digestive function. I mean, look, there's a whole other episode, which is not really strictly exercise related, about stress the gut and the brain and the connection between between all of that, the role that stress plays in in conditions like IBS. So I think that again, if you know, if you've ruled out the nasties and you are experiencing digestive and pooping pooping problems, mm-hmm. then uh, then anything that helps to relax your nervous system is going to help to relax and hopefully improve your digestive system. Yeah, I mean, it just it, it makes sense even just thinking about it. If you're stressed and you're like really tight physically, mm. yeah, that's not that's do not you the get perfect the, conditions to poo. Do you get the nervous poos or the nervous the nervous no poos? Oh, when I used to do um, when I was sort of first starting out in radio, and I did my first ever overnight shifts on national radio. Mm. Um, you didn't have to start work like you know you didn't have to be there till about eleven, but you didn't go on air until about one o'clock in the morning. Um, my God, I would visit the toilet like six times to shit just because and like the first few times I didn't really know I thought maybe I'd eaten something and then I yeah, yeah. <laughs> because I spoke to you about it you're like yeah you're probably nervous you dickhead <laughs> and, and I think it was because I don't have the I never really get the traditional butterfly nerves in my stomach whenever I perform or, or do anything public like that I think my yep. my nervous system reaction is basically yeah loose bowels to, to, to run to the bathroom effectively. Yeah, and see, I'm I'm the complete opposite, and and it's you know it's so interesting when when the people that love you recognize things in you that you don't even recognize mm. yourself. But my husband actually pointed it out that whenever I'm really stressed, and I'm talking not just you know stressful day, but you know big life stresses are happening, I will invariably become so constipated. I won't wow. poop for days, and then I'll get all of the you know the abdominal cramps, the bloating, and and often quite severe abdominal pain. And he's like, "Yeah, you haven't pooed because you're anxious and you you know you're stressed. You got to so poop. It, I love I love poop. that about our significant others knowing your poop habits. And I was like, <laughs> I was, and I'm like, I'm the doctor. I know what's going on. And then like a while later, I'm like, oh, he's damn, he's completely yeah, he's completely right. He's completely right. I'm I'm there trying to to diagnose the the deepest darkest secrets of my bowels, and he's just like, you just stress, mate. You stress. You, you gotta <laughs> relax. Chill the fuck out and go do a shit. I love it. Um, I found this really great article actually from a group called Manhattan Gastroenterology. They sound like they know what they're doing. Um, they had some tips uh, about what to eat before exercise. So obviously taking this further, you know, the whole digestive system doesn't work unless you actually eat um, and drink. So they actually suggested these pre-exercise eating tips, which I thought were really useful. They say eat three hours before you exercise, eat less if there's less than two hours before your workout. So if you know you can't give yourself three hours, just eat less. Eat food you can digest easily. So high carbs, low fats, things like bananas, toast and oats are brilliant for that. Avoid proteins and high fiber foods, which digest more slowly. Mm-hmm. Keep hydrated during your workout, which is really interesting because I normally only hydrate afterwards, but they recommend okay. keeping hydrated yeah. during um, because that dehydration can lead to constipation, acid reflux, quote, even microscopic death of your intestines if you don't absorb the nutrients and oxygen from the food in your system during digestion. So look after your microscopic intestines. Yeah. It's, it's a little bit threatening, but I'll do it. <laughs> Microscopic death of your intestines. Um, they suggest when hydrating, drink enough to support what type of activity you're doing. So obviously, if, you know, if you're going for a gentle walk, you don't need to be chugging litres of water. But if you're running or doing something more high intensity, then yes, you kind of you do need to 
increase your hydration intake. Um, and Manhattan Gastroenterology suggests that, quote, over time, regular exercise can strengthen your digestive tract. If you're fit, the amount of blood diverted from your digestive system decreases because the need is less urgent. Your muscles are more efficient when you're in shape. I guess that, I mean, that affects so many different systems in our body, doesn't it? But it's true. Yes, it makes sense, Mr. Manhattan. Dr. Manhattan, sorry. <laughs> My apologies. Um, <laughs> Gast- gastro doctor. <laughs> Absolutely, because when you you know when you when you have a, a big meal, then you you are using you know you're diverting a lot of blood to your gastrointestinal system for that really complex process of digestion. And if you've had a big heavy meal and then you take yourself out for a half an hour run ten minutes later, Oof. then suddenly you've got to divert you've got to divert that that blood flow away from your digestive tract out to your you know out to your heart and your lungs which are kind of essential if you're going to run which is going to lead to to bloating and constipation and reflux and and all of those nasty things which just completely reminds me of an episode of the office where <laughs> do you remember, was there an episode of the American office where um, Michael Scott um, is carb loading for a marathon but he's oh. like literally like eating a bowl of creamy pasta at the start line <laughs> No, that's not and, how it works. Yeah, and and you can imagine how that episode ends. Um, so, uh, yeah, look, I think some really good tips, some really good tips there. Absolutely. All right, well, there you go, poop chat. And, look, we got through it without too much of my body, body humour and silly things, and I got to learn about pouches, a different word for a pouch, so that was fun. Cool. And I know that you're a nervous pooper and I'm, I'm a, and I'm a nervous constipator. <laughs> Ah, the things you learn about each other. is produced by me, Gab Burke, and music is by Hamish Camilleri. Please subscribe to our weekly newsletter at womenlikeyoupodcast.com. If you're lucky, I'll throw in a uh, a picture of the Bristol stool chart next week. (laughs) (laughs) Please do. Please do. I'm Sarah. And I'm Gab. I did have an idea of something to talk about next week, but I've had a baby brain moment and I've totally forgotten what it is. Uh, So watch this space. I was hoping by the time we got to the end of this that I would have remembered, but (laughs) I still haven't. Flashing back to you in a moment of brilliance. (laughs) It is not. (laughs) Darling, you're brilliant anyway. You just just let that little thought ruminate and marinate and and as soon as you remember, you let me know and we'll start... We'll start... uh, prepping something for next week yes i love that i love you thank you very much and um happy pooping indeed